Welcome to the Go Big Redcast, the Husker Fan Sports Show, with Dave, Honky, Mac, and Boomer. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast. I'm your host, David Gaspers, and I am with Honky. Contrary to widespread rumors, I have not signed a lucrative contract to podcast anywhere else. I am committed to my team here and to all of you in Redcast Nation. Please check back in a week, though. You're just focused on our undefeated season here on the Redcast. Boomer. All right, just looking forward to this weekend's Apathy Bowl between uh, two teams really on a major skid. It's, I'll just be impressed if we can fill anybody in the stadium. I hear you. Talking about Rutgers and Michigan State? Absolutely. I mean, at this time, yeah, I mean, geez, can't expect much out of that. <laughs> and Mac. Well, hey, Redcasters, I just want to apologize to the Rims and St. Mary Hawks. It appears that my allegiance uh, brings with it the curse. Um, like the beloved Huskers, the Hawks fell this weekend under some unfortunate circumstances, but real proud of the team, real proud of the coach. So not all is lost. Good showing. Similar to uh, my curse to going to Husker road games, Mac, you should not go back and root for the uh, Rims and St. Mary's Hawks, apparently. it's Physically, maybe, yes, I shouldn't be there. But Yep, yep, well, I hear you. You live and you learn. Well, you were not in Happy Valley on Saturday, as far as I could tell. And uh, that didn't help us uh, against the Nittany Lions. Uh, Huskers fall 56-44 to 44 in a score a little bit closer than reality as we scored the last 20 points in the last about six minutes of that game. Uh, guys, did you watch the whole thing from uh, front to back? Honky? All right. I actually did. Uh, <laughs> it felt like turning it off at, at, at halftime, but uh, prior to the guys. Oh, just for, because we were down 42 to four. What was it? 14 and. Uh, 42-10, I think, at half or something. 42-10, that's right. And we had 400 yards given up already at that point. They had scored it on five consecutive drives, and I think we had seven three and outs in a row. Yeah. Is that why you wanted to turn it off, Hunk? I was feeling the strain. And uh, the strain <laughs> made me want to turn it off. That's that's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> same same old, same old. Nothing new from that game. So it was a rough second quarter, but we covered. Boomer. Well, I mean, it's I true. had it on, so I was. I think I was about as uh, mentally involved as our defense was for most of that game. Uh, you know, I guess <laughs> you'd take away at least they didn't entirely quit. Played well the second half. Granted, it wasn't against Penn State's. Yeah, team, what we but... learned was we're probably as good, if not better, than Penn State's third team. Yeah, so we can so, take that away. It's something to build on there, so definite pluses. We can build and, on that. Uh, yeah, again, just same as always. It's just been a recurring theme this season. Yeah, Mac? Yes, I was actually driving back for the first half of it, so I was getting to listen to it on the radio, which I haven't done for a while, actually a long while. And... Uh, the disgust in Matt Davison's voice was pretty obvious, based on like what he was seeing from the effort of tackling, and uh, just just in general moving the ball. I mean, it was it was pretty bad from the way he was describing it um, for the first for the first quarter or so. So it was like it was exactly how I felt inside. He painted a pretty good picture. So I I got to watch the second half, you know. And like Bloom said, it was um. It was nice to uh, it was nice to see him just some plays being made, you know, just kind of fighting for a little bit of pride. I mean, you're out there anyway, you know, just try to make a play and um, say what you want to. But a couple guys went out there and 
and showed what they could do, you know, almost in a frustrating manner. It's like, I don't even care. You know, great. You're making a play now. It is absolutely meaningless. You know, and the Lions started blocking in the, in the second half, and it's like, neat. You know, I like how this is cool when it kind of works, meaning, you know, it's... it's. It was a lot of garbage time. Right, it's just, right. it's garbage time football, and the stats will look pretty good at the end of the day, but... uh we know what the what the football team actually looks like. We know what the football performed is what level is actually at, and it's it's not going to get anything done. It's not it's not winning football, and it's consistently you. not winning football. So, just more let's, of that. Let's uh, head right into our offensive breakdown. Scoring explosion. The offensive breakdown. And uh, let's take a close look at that Husker offense, uh, which did execute a pretty high level in the second half. Uh, Lee actually had a, a pretty sterling day at some at the end of the end of the day. Looking at those stats, um, throws for well over 300 yards, multiple touchdowns. Did not have a pick. Um, Stanley Morgan had a big day. J.D. Spillman another big day. Uh, D.P. had a touchdown. Uh, a lot of positive things to look at in the second half, but we've already pointed out that it wasn't exactly against Penn State's first string. Anything in particular you guys saw? Maybe along the trenches or. Uh, anybody else you want to point out? Honk? Yeah, I, uh, I'll i say that, again, Spielman just continues to impress. I like about everything I see out of that kid. I love the effort. Uh, I think we can use him in so many ways moving forward and potentially in a, in a frost type of offense. He could be uh, used pretty heavily in the run game as well as the, as the receiving game. We are, this is not breaking news, we are a passing team, as I think we had 60-some <laughs> total rushing yards in this game. But all credit to, to Lee. I, I've said this before, I don't like this style of offense. I don't I don't like a lot of the things that we're trying to do. But having said that, you got to give that guy kudos, man. He stood out there and he completed, what, 65% or so and, you know, 300-plus yards. And it's, a lot of them were in junk times of the games. But, I mean, that guy... I mean, there was questions going into the game if he was even going to play or not from the week before. And so a lot of credit to Lee. He, he deserves it. And uh, uh, I, I wish we could run the ball a little bit better there. But I think as we'll talk about in a few minutes, uh, the issue on this team might be even a little more than offense. It might be on the defensive side. Well, yeah, before we get to that defense, I mean, I, I, Lee had a great second half. But I think the – I mean, if we're really trying to break this game down a little bit, right, be honest with you – the second quarter, when we really could have used a couple of drives to, you know, get our defense off the field for a while and actually just like keep the game within hand, uh, we went three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out. Lead didn't actually perform well when you really kind of needed yeah. them at that point. Is that fair to say? We had a three-play, fourteen-second drive in the second quarter. To your point, Dave. I there mean, that's go. a that's hey, about that's as bad as it gets. That's clock now was what, was he under some kind of? Now those are the plays that I didn't get to see. But were those was he under duress that entire time? Because when I saw some of the second quarter, it looked like he had no time to throw. Like in the in the in the second half, he had just a pocket and a window, and he'd stepped up a couple times. So some of that early stuff, it didn't look like he had any time to throw. Was he just was he just incompleting balls, or were or were they, you know, was he being rushed? Good question, Mac Boomer. Honk, what do you think? Uh, yeah, it was I, a combination of all that. I mean, uh, couldn't get the running game to work, so he's constantly passing. So Penn State knows what they're going to do. Yeah, we just gave yeah. up on the run yeah. game. Yeah, there was there was completely no completely useless. Uh, 
and even the few times we would try to get a running game going, we still couldn't get more than a couple yards on those series. I think our best run in those three and outs was a five yard carry by Ozigbo. Yeah. So there really wasn't much you could do there. So yeah, Penn State knew what was coming. So it's duress and just you know they know who we're throwing to. It just wasn't he definitely much was do. under under pressure. And then when he wasn't, I felt like he was still like it was you know ghost back there, and so he seemed to be thrown to people's feet a little bit and that type of stuff. Yeah. But, that yeah. That was but they have four sacks like in the game, three... I think. Yeah. Yeah. Dave, like on that one three play series, I, he threw one to a guy's foot, and it was just there's just a couple passes yeah. that are just slightly off, but it was just bang, 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 incompletion, 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 and, and like I said, it took 14 seconds for three plays to get off, and it's like, oh no, <laughs> we're kicking the ball right back to him. And really, when you look at that first half. Penn State, if their if their punt game, both the return and the punt side of it, if it was you know even you know playing at average, I mean they they shank the one punt and the other guy misses the you know muffs the the one return that that might be yep. the only reasons that in the first half we even had the ten points. Yeah, I mean it was ten to seven, and you had to be like it, it, looking like that's about as good as you could have expected this first quarter to go, and then it just was all downhill there for. Uh, about an hour of, of real time. Two, 200 uh, and I think they yeah. had about like 250 or so some yards in the second quarter, and we had three. I mean. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. Not a recipe could for Could be success. indicative yeah. of the season right there. Yep. Not good. All right, guys, anything else uh, offensively you want to add? I do not. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's move on to our defensive breakdown. Throw the bones, the defensive breakdown. And guys, um, it was another rough performance by by the so-called black shirts and Bob Diaco. Uh, drive after drive, lots of yardage, multiple plays, big chunk plays. Uh, Boomer, I think you tweeted out. Uh, this is indicative of the last several games now in the season where we just are defensively not even really putting up um, any sort of resistance. What were those stats again you uh, shared? Yeah, I think it was off a Lee Barfnick column, I believe, this morning. And, uh, wow, he put it uh, against ranked opponents just Wisconsin, Ohio State, and Penn State. Uh, The Diaco defense has allowed 20 touchdown drives of 75, 93, 80, 40, 96, 85, 80, 71, 59, 75, 75, 66, 74, 66, 85, 67, 65, 78, 79, and 75. So that's a lot. That's not even counting the... My my turn, my turn. Go ahead. Uh, So then Boomer did his own research, and and against Northwestern and Minnesota, in those two games, they went 59, 84, 25, 75, 93, 72, 51, 72, and 50. (sighs) (sighs) Sorry. And that's oh, just wow. the touchdown drives. Yeah, that was five games. Doesn't that seem like a lot of touchdowns? I mean, it's a lot of touchdowns. Yes. Doesn't that sound like a lot of touchdowns? I mean, long or not, that's how many a lot is that? of touchdowns. Twenty nine. That's twenty nine. Was that? Yeah. That's I think the whole point of that was it really doesn't matter how far you punt it, you're going to score. Yeah, what was it? That, uh, yeah. yeah. We, we punted I mean, it's fourth. actually pretty good on Caleb that we've had that kind of field position that they get to gain 72, 95, yeah, good point. 85 Yeah, good job, Lightborn. Yeah. We, we, you know, we but, joked about that hmm. during the game that we punted on fourth and one at one I don't. I can't remember when it was, second quarter or something. It was like, why punt? Why punt? Like this whole game <laughs> yeah. against Iowa, why punt? Don't. There's no point in punting at any time. 
Use every down. <laughs> because we're just going to give up 90-yard drives anyway. Yeah. Uh, that's great. Wow. That is so insane. That is, that's 29 touchdown drives. We just, <laughs> you know, belted out there in, in five games. And these are long drives. So... <clears throat> So the plus Obviously, side is we're getting a lot of reps in this defense and yet true. not getting any better. Yeah, you know, that's crazy. And, and you the, think they would just a lot of tackles into like a turnover or a stop somehow? I mean, just by pure chance. Oh yeah. Just, you know, chaos theory, law of averages. At some point, everybody they, has yeah. taken yeah. a step back. The, the inner Jason Peter and me too would say that's with sixteen black shirts. You know, at the beginning of the year we we awarded sixteen, and. And uh, I know he would sit there and say, no, you, you only need 11 or 12 black shirts tops. And, no, we have 16, and that's right. that's what we yeah. we have right now. And probably one of the best Mac, players out there. You said something interesting. Ben Stilley, one of the best players out there. I don't think he's a black shirt, so whatever. That yeah, sense. that's a good point. Uh, Mac, you, you said something interesting there. Like, no one's getting any better. That's probably on both sides of the ball. But um, you want to just expand well, on I mean, that just a little bit? Yeah, even players that had been, you know, through their career getting better, like Josh Kalou. I thought he has yeah. progressed in, at that position, at the corner position. He had gotten better every year. And then we take this, we have this giant idea to, for some reason, get Lamar Jackson more field time. So we move Josh Kalou back to safety. And then, you know, Chris Jones gets hurt and everything everything crumbles. But just like, the, what what was the thinking there? Like, okay, we've got a pretty good yeah. corner here in Kalu. I'd like to replace him with a tall corner who doesn't like to tackle or cover or has really any interest in playing a game of football. And then, you know, <laughs> this should work out just fine because, you know, it's a yeah, brand new defense. Yeah, I think that's a really, really great question. We're not doubting Lamar Jackson's uh, physical abilities mm-hmm. and his recruiting, uh, you know, pedigree there. But what did they see in practice that drove them to make that decision? Honky. Well, you know, uh, we can listen to the tape of us here. We got a lot of stuff wrong back in you know spring and all that stuff. But one of well, the one of the few th- let's not bring but, that up. That's a but, minor. But one detail, of the few honky. things we actually got right was we talked about that. We talked about uh, Lamar and some of the tackling and some of the physical issues that we saw from from the coaches' clinic into the spring game. I mean, there are some things that 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 uh, are not necessarily a surprise based off of what we were seeing. And, and during this game, you can go back on Saturday and, and follow our Twitter feed, we showed some videos of, oh, my gosh, there was one of them, a slant pass that I, we, we just kept joking about this. I don't think this is rugby tackling because I don't know what you would call it. It wasn't any kind of tackling. <laughs> it was a completion to the receiver, and then he just kind of, like, laid an elbow into him. I have no idea what, what, they're, what they're doing out there now, and, and it's just – it just kind of at times it they looks don't like either, some of the, so it's okay. Some of the team just wants the season over, uh, and I think a lot of the fans do. But you know what? There were some fans that were still standing at that Penn State Stadium yeah. at the very end I of the game. That. They were cheering, so we we took a, a screenshot of them and, and gave them some props. We love you, Husker Nation. Absolutely, yeah, good stuff. All right, guys. Other uh, defensive notes that you'd like to make? No, if not Boomer special teams. We obviously uh, had a stellar punt game again. Well, again, you know, like Honky's already addressed, special teams was probably one of the things that actually made the game at least briefly interesting in the first quarter. You know, our 
punting game was decent our coverage was decent and took advantage of Penn State making mistakes and you know gave us a brief yep. lead just for a little bit of excitement there for a while and like McGuire said if you're not punting well you're certainly not going to be able to get those 80 90 yard drives that the defense seems more than willing to give up so yeah that's, that's a good point you bring up there you know. Boomer the special teams did help us uh actually have a lead in this game I don't believe we ever had a lead versus Wisconsin or Ohio State, so at least we, oh, we certainly we didn't against Ohio State. That was, that was never a question. No, no worries there. So yeah. So yeah. that's a positive, I guess. That's that's one area of the game that's kind of been good all year. It's been solid and generally improved. So if you yep. want to hang your hat on special teams, that's what 2017 is all about, I guess. <laughs> that's what we got. Yep. All right, guys, uh, let's call that Throwing the Bones. Your number one Husker fans, Auto Owners Insurance and Odepaul Insurance is a winning combination. We'll work with you to insure your home, auto, business, and life to keep everything you value safe, sound, and secure. Auto Owners Insurance, the no problem people. Call Odepaul Insurance in York, Nebraska at 402-362-3380 and tell Alan the Redcast sent you. And now... Scarlet Colored Glasses. And now on the Go Big Red Cast, we will be talking all things Husker football with Scarlet Colored Glasses. But first, Boomer, we got some uh, trivia? Trivia time. I do, in honor of our uh, hate week with our non-rival rival Iowa. I just thought I'd ask the question, what is our all-time conference record against Iowa? All-time conference record, so not overall. Oh boy! And boomers, this has got to be a trick so question because this is we're easy three to do and three against them in the modern Big Ten era. Yeah, we're three and three in the Big Ten, but I guarantee you, what, Dave? What do you think? Were we like in the Missouri were we Valley in the or Missouri, something? Missouri Valley Athletic Conference with Io for a year or two at some point, and I presume so. Probably in the eighteen nineties before Io would have joined the 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 Western Conference as it was known in the day probably about 1904 or so. So there's at most 14, I would guess, uh, Nebraska-Iowa games, and probably not that many, maybe seven. How many of those are actually in a conference? I don't know, three or four of them, something like that. What do you think, Hunk? Yeah, so so how many total extra games do you think uh, outside of the Big Ten, Dave? What do you think? That we played total against that, Iowa that were that were in or conference that just in, in that, a conference. that would have been in conference. What do you think? Another five? Yeah, I, I'm I'm guessing a, a handful uh, pre uh, Big Ten for Iowa. So I'm, I'm guessing maybe three or something like that, three or four something like that. So how about we say let's say there were four extra games. We won three of them, so we are six and four all time against them in comes. That sounds reasonable. I bet Mac has a strong opinion on this. What do you think, Mac? Gosh, I was following along pretty closely there. That six and four sounds good to me. <laughs> Final answer, six Boomer. And six and four. Six and four. Well, I, I love the reasoning. You guys were doing very well there. It just kind of miscalculated in the number of games. Our uh, all-time conference record against Iowa, we are eight, three, and three. So, like you said, we are three and three in the Big Ten. We They were members of the Missouri Valley for about two, well, they were members for about four years. Weren't they members of, like, two conferences yes, at the same they time? they were concurrently members of both the Missouri Valley, and we were also members with them in the Western Interstate University Football Association prior to the Missouri Valley. 
That was just a little four-team league, so it was us, Iowa, Kansas, and I think Missouri. Uh, we played them six times in that league, so uh, we were 4-2 uh-huh. and two against them there, 1-1 one and one in Missouri Valley. Oddly enough, we didn't play them every year. It was a very odd conference. You'd play like your conference, maybe a conference team or two every year, and then the rest of it would be non-conference. Hard to be a conference champion when you don't only. Play. Well, it was pretty easy if you just won the one game, so that yeah. made it pretty simple. Yeah, but, Mich- you know. well, you know, we have forty-six conference championships, and a few of them probably came yeah. from that I area. Think, yeah. so. And then, oddly, in a in in eighteen ninety-six, we played them twice. Uh, we played them uh, to end the season, and it ended in a tie. They were playing in a raging blizzard. Uh, they didn't want to end in a tie, so they threw an extra ten minutes onto the end of the game. No one still could score, so they said, uh, "Heck with it, we'll play again the next week." And uh, I ended up winning that one six to nothing. Although that doesn't technically count as a conference game, so intriguing. Yes. Maybe that's what New Mexico's. All right, so the, New Mexico State and Liberty, I think, are doing that next year. They're scheduled to play twice, so I think that must correct. But that's not due a, to a tie. That's just uh, yeah. they need to fill slots. Yeah, that's right. Now, hockey's uh follows the Aggies in New Mexico State very closely, and uh, in Libertyville, be- Liberty because of Turner Gill, so he's excited to see that. But it's an unusual home and away matchup in in the same season for those two schools. Yes. Uh, it makes a difference when New Mexico State loses their affiliation with the Sun Belt and are just floating out there in Independence Lane, I suppose. Now, Boomer, Boomer, can you look this up though? Was was Iowa's coach Cornelius Ferenc back then? <laughs> well, they did have him signed a like a seventy-three year contract <laughs> extension after he defeated Drake in a game. Oh so. yes, well that happens. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, they're probably paying him like five thousand dollars some godly uh, you know fee back in the day. So and he had multiple footballs <laughs> to his name. It was ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, guys. Uh, well, let's uh, let's talk a little Iowa preview. And Boomer, you alluded to this uh, already. This is the a rivalry game that is not a rivalry. Uh, I think uh, there's a pretty good split among Husker faithful on if Iowa actually is a rival to us. Uh, Honk, I think there's a, a Twitter poll out on that right now. What's uh, what's what's that looking yeah, like? Yeah, we just put one out today uh, on Monday. Here it'll go out through uh, through Friday through the game. And uh, it links to a, a Land of Ten article from, from Iowa that basically says, give in to your disdain, it's time to call Iowa and Nebraska a rivalry. Uh, so we said, what's your take, Redcasters? And so far with uh, about 250 or so votes, uh, 40% said yes. So far, 33% have said no. 27% have said give it a couple of years. And uh, tonight on his radio show, Bill Bill Moose, Athletic Director Moose, um, I guess the quote was he was saying that uh, we should try to push for Iowa to be a rival. Uh, that I can't verify that only because I didn't hear it firsthand, but I've seen it enough on, on Twitter from verifiable sources that I, I guess he did say that. And there was. I guess it kind of depends on what your definition of rival is. You know, I mean, first off, that article on Land of Tan was written by Scott uh, Docterman, I believe, or Docterman. He's an Iowa beat writer. Mm-hmm. So. He's been uh, angling for this for a while. so, uh, But, I mean, all Big Ten West schools, uh, and, and to some degree all Big Ten schools, should be a rival in the sense you're playing them on a regular basis, yeah. sure. But, I mean, do you actually, uh, you know, hold them in some sort of disregard, uh, right, and, and a little bit of hate, right? And I think that's where I struggle. I, I have no real issues with Iowa, whatever, you know. Um and I suppose, you know, I think if you live in Omaha or live in Iowa and you're around Iowa fans all the time, 
you know, there's a, a, a little different of a feeling. Well, there. Dave, follow along with me on this here. Okay. The boomer, you and I, and Dave, we went down to the Wisconsin game, the first game of the big 10, right? Where we lose to, to yeah. Russell Wilson. And I remember we're at camp Randall and we see on the side of their, their stadium, instead of, you know, national title numbers, like, you know, Memorial stadium has, there's Rose bowls. And it's like this, it, but for us, we're, we're new into this culture of the Big Ten. The Big Ten's, a, it's a different beast. It's all about rivalries. You know, Minnesota, we were saying, has the greatest rivalry right. games. They have a pig and an axe and a, a mug and now a, a, chair. Now a chair. You know, they have the cool things, right? And and Nebraska came from the Big Eight where we didn't claim rivals with anyone unless you were Oklahoma. We, we played Kansas 100 times consecutively, and they still weren't a rival. That's just the team you played. But the Big Ten is... We nearly forgot about that bell in oh, Missouri. Yeah. I, I mean, mean no. those aren't rivals. Those were just teams you played, and Oklahoma was your rival. That's how Nebraska did it for so long. And Your rival. Rival. Singular. Yeah, singular. You join the Big Ten, and just every stinking person, they're not just your rival. They are. We're going to have a, a trophy, and we're going to have a... There's going to be a pig, or there's going to be something. You, get, you have to hand something over at the end of each game because it means something. And I don't know that we've fully gotten into that culture yet as big 10 you know we still we're struggling we don't want to sure. call anyone a rival and it's like you know what maybe maybe we just have a bunch of rivals and, and i was one of them once you're fully vested with the tv money you have to have a rival that was part of the deal <laughs> well that's so that's, we got our full share and they're so like better. listen guys you haven't made up your mind yet it's now it's iowa you know if you played <laughs> a little bit better you could have picked your rival but now it's iowa so here's uh, <laughs> we had yeah, a shot. Boomer, I, I think out of this this group, you're probably most inclined to support the Iowa as a as a rival to some degree. What What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, part of it, kind of like you said, Dave. I do have a lot of family that's Iowa, so that definitely is one thing. It's it lends itself well to you know Facebook mockery back and forth and. Things like that, so that's a big help with any sort of rivalry. You said you kind of have to have that feeling of disinterest or hate. And then you just kind of yeah, look at, yeah, the amount of you know energy we either put into, you know, mocking Iowa, whether it's Ferens and his never-ending super agent who apparently has incriminating <laughs> photos of the entire athletic department of Iowa because he can get extensions <laughs> at the top of the hat, to right. just our enjoyment of mocking them. and Or just you look at the amount of energy some Nebraska fans spend in just denying their rivals There's clearly something there whether it's you know just a dislike for them in general the the fact that they do occasionally succeed when we haven't been lately granted they're you know fairly manic with their seasons but they've had success where we haven't lately and i think that frankly annoys a lot of huskers and where we think we have been above them traditionally we have been yeah how would you compare the nebraska iowa game or rivalry, however you like to describe it at this point, to Nebraska-Colorado uh, back in the day. Because uh, there's another team that clearly felt like Nebraska was their red-letter game. They made it a rivalry in their own minds. Uh, but Nebraska clearly wanted to d- deny that to a great degree, even though the Buffs did win a, a, sh- a fair share of some games over about a there's, you know, two decades. There may be yeah. some comparison to that. I mean, there was clearly some serious dislike and hatred between those fan bases there. I mean, there were – it got a little ugly at times, I think, between those fan bases. Granted, the stakes were had certainly been a lot higher for Nebraska-Colorado. They were playing for Big 8 titles and possibly national titles it's for a, a lot point. of those games. Yeah. We haven't had that with Iowa yet. 
I think the closest thing, I think, was towards the end of the Big 12 when Nebraska-Missouri was kind of starting to heat up again, where we were, you know, playing for the North most years. One or the other would have a chance at it. Missouri was playing well. I, I don't think there was any question either of us were going to be playing for national titles, but you were starting to see games go back and forth on a more regular basis between them. And I always hated the Missouri fan base, to be honest with you. One of the worst places to see a game and hated their fans. And I think that was, that, that yeah, was, was the closest thing I think we've had to... What interaction Iowa between Nebraska and Missouri fans on a regular basis. Colorado is just weird because even though we're border states, there was a whole bunch of Colorado fans living in Nebraska. No, yeah, obviously, that's very true. So, yeah, it was a lot harder to, yeah. to mingle with them. But I, yeah. I think that you know that that kind of feeling towards the end of the Big Twelve, the Nebraska Missouri feel is probably the closest to what we had. I think given time, that would have been a big rivalry, but you know that went away, and I think it can kind of transfer to Iowa to some degree right now. But really, I think. Like Honky said, I think most of the Big Ten West can easily become rivals. Uh, with Wisconsin, you know, a lot of Nebraska fans see that what they want, what they want us to be, you know, what we used to be and would like to be again. And sure, Minnesota, heck, we've struggled with them more than I thought we would so far. So I think there's a lot of potential yeah. in the West to have those I, rivalries, I, mandated or not. I think you have to kind of, in essence, you almost have to try to forget for a second the last six years that we've been in this conference. We haven't played well in many cases. Okay. But what ideally, what Nebraska fans would like to see, I know they would like to see Nebraska-Wisconsin be a rivalry in the sense that they, they, they see Wisconsin right now as an 11-0 team. They see them as a team that's won the conference multiple times. They see Wisconsin as a team that if Nebraska is the type of school that we and we're playing at the, the, the level that we should be playing at, Nebraska-Wisconsin should be playing for big-time things. That's what they, that's what they envision. They don't respect Iowa that way. They don't look at Iowa as a school that year in and year out plays for something. So exactly to your point, Boomer, Missouri's a good example. M- Missouri's a good comparison because Nebraska-Missouri really truly never played for anything. Even though, you know, Colorado, when yep. we, even though Colorado wasn't quite Oklahoma, when we played Colorado, there were a lot of times that there were national implications. There were almost never national implications between Nebraska and Missouri. And for a number of reasons, and many unfortunately on our side of the Missouri River, there's ne- there's never national implications between Iowa and Nebraska either, and, and Nebraska fans don't think that's going to happen. It's if Nebraska gets to be good, we we're looking at Wisconsin as being that's the game, but we got to get good. Yeah, Boomer, is there uh what what's the best matchup uh, record wise or ranking wise that Nebraska Iowa has had since we've joined the Big Ten? In terms of. Uh... Just rankings well, or yeah to hockey's point i mean it just i mean both of us it never seems like we've ever timed this well where both of us are uh, even nationally ranked uh or with you know, I don't, last yeah, I don't year i guess we were nine and simultaneously nine and ranked right, iowa was what about in the early 80s there weren't they decent in the early 80s when we played them a couple times yeah I don't think they yeah, would have ever been in the top to, 10 or anything like that. I'm just Iowa trying to was, say what, this last uh, six years. 2015, oh, they were one. third when we played them. I think that's probably the highest anyone's been ranked since since they've uh, since yeah. we've joined the Big Ten. But we've never seemed to quite you know, put together the games to be you know, of national consequence. Now, granted, playing them has had some consequence here because uh, you know, athletic directors have kind of used them as our, you know, the measuring stick, you know, to – Keep or fire coaches. Granted, we at least one of them sure did. Director, but yeah. so there is. I think there is something there. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, what do you, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. What do you expect to see out there uh, on Friday? Honky, any uh, bold predictions for this uh, apathy bowl? 
I just, you know, I just expect to see the same of what we've seen. We'll, we'll, I, we're not going to hit 100 yards rushing more than likely. And if we can get, what did you guys say before we were on air? You were saying, like, if we can get 80-some yards to Morgan, he'll hit 1,000. And what the heck, let's hit, like, 170 receiving yards to, to Spielman, and we can get 2,000-yard receivers in, in one season. If we can do that, then – than super but i mean yeah this isn't going to be a they, game where they both could definitely break johnny rogers uh school receiving record in a, in a season there you so go. that's if uh, if i was dennis green both could get a if i was dennis green i would say we know who we are or we know what we knew we are or whatever the heck he said <laughs> and we're that was a great Playoffs. Play, thank you that was almost perfect. thank you we're gonna we're gonna throw we the, smell who we thought they are <laughs> we're gonna throw the ball a lot and we're probably not going to stop them from having long yardage drives if if it's anything like like what the last season has been. Do you think it's going to be the slow, painful eight yards a pop kind of stuff, or do you think? Well, it will be that for <laughs> sure. But then, like, here's my fear: is if we don't that that's just going to have that trickle effect, and by the end of the game, they are just going to be we're never going to stop it. That's my biggest fear about this game. I hope we score. You know, that Iowa just going to yeah, we're going to give up fifty points to Iowa. Okay, is that, is that your biggest fear? Yeah. So how about this? Iowa just lost yeah. to Purdue, and this is this is kind of interesting. So Iowa goes out. This is the craziness of college football. They go out and destroy Ohio State. I mean, do do something to to Urban Meyer that almost has never done, and they've come back and they've lost pretty bad to to Wisconsin, bad enough at least, and then to lose at home to Purdue. Now they're six and five. And where two weeks ago I was really concerned that a bunch of Iowa fans were going to be, you know, storming Lincoln, you know, with a bunch of momentum, and they were going to half the stadium was going to be in yeah. gold. I don't know. Trying to win eight, nine. I think games, half the yeah. stadium could. <laughs> I don't want to say be empty, but at least I don't think as much gold is going to be in there now because I don't know that they're going to be any more interested to travel than than Nebraska fans are to it. Um, it is the app. Yep. This is absolutely the apathy bowl. Perfect name for it. And I, I, I want to say this. Uh, next week uh, we're not doing a show because Skip, the producer, he is he's going to be out of the country, and in some ways it's sad because I think there could be some news for us to talk about a week from now. But in some other ways, if you if you can kind of tell the strain, I'll use that word, the strain in our voices right now. <laughs> this is tiring week after week to talk about. Like I give oh come no, on, I give major you I give it. major kudos to every one of the the. the Damon Bennings and Michael Severs and all the Sipples and all the guys that do like this show, they do like a radio show every day. I don't know how you do it. Like, we're doing this once a week, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm so tired of talking about this thing over and over. Like, what well, did you see this week? I saw the same uh, thing we saw last week. You know, it's, I'm just, ugh. Well, let's talk exhausting. about uh, what's going to happen after the game because we are expecting a firing to occur, and that's not an ill will towards Mike Riley. It's just a f- matter of fact at this point. Um, does it happen on Friday night, Saturday morning? What's your best prediction, Boomer? Sunday? Uh, Sunday is what we did with Bo. Um, I'm guessing this would be a this will be a Saturday thing. I, I I don't think you'll fire Riley right away after the game. Yeah, you know, win or lose, especially if he wins, there's no sense in doing it that night. That's at least to let him have the night, and then we can, you know, end that season, put it behind us. Saturday, it'll be a nice, quiet thing to slip in amongst the rest of the games and move on from there. Yeah, yeah, you see it in the ticker at the bottom of the stream while watching a bunch of other games on Saturday. Honky, Mac, you disagree with that? 
or I envision confirm. Yeah, I'd say probably something Saturday. And I think I, I really I like how Riley's handling himself. I think Moose is handling himself well right now. I think between the two of them, this will be done in a very classy way, a very professional way. There's not going to be any big fireworks, but somewhere around that Saturday time frame. And what will be interesting is for Husker fans on, on Black Friday, we're not the only game that day against Iowa. UCF is playing uh, South Florida that day too. And that's an interesting game. Exact because same time almost, essentially. It, it, mm-hmm. Scott Frost wins that game. They're 12-0. and 0. They lose that game. They go 11-1. and 1. They're not even playing in the conference championship the next week. That's how big that game is, win or lose, against South Florida. So, but I, I took a. It's actually eleven. They'd be eleven or no because they they oh, have one game. You're they, right. Where it was canceled versus Georgia Tech. But to your point, they're undefeated, or they lose a game. If they lose this game, they lose their division yep. in the American and don't even play in the championship game the following Saturday, which would potentially have an impact on the timeline of of either hiring Scott Frost or not if he is available to negotiate. Uh, the hiring could happen within you know 24 to 48 hours after uh, a Riley firing. If he's playing next week, then we'd have to pretty much wait till December 3rd or 4th to see how that would shake out. Is that fair to say, guys? Yeah. Yeah. So selfishly, it would be nice if he lost. You know, <laughs> I, you know, I was thinking about this. I, I can't help it though. I'm still rooting for the guy. I still want I know to see him mean. go undefeated. I, like, I want hey, to see him. We like, got to get on those recruiting trails. <laughs> that, oh, those yeah, a one point loss, like by a terrible refing decision, you know, like just this, you know, where everyone's like, that's, that's, you know, BS, you know, Central Florida should have won, boo, hiss, and then, okay, but, you know, everything's opened up and available for, for, uh, like he ran the fumble so, ruski and they, you know, <laughs> fumble ruski, <laughs> so that'd be great. <laughs> uh, but. so. Uh, okay, so let's let's uh, uh, tidy up the the Mike Riley story a little bit. So he's fired on Saturday. Him and D are heading off to you know retirement. Or do you think uh, Mike Riley at sixty four looks to find another another job somewhere? What's your prediction on on Riley's future? Does Oregon State take him back? I don't know. I, I'd I'd be hard pressed to see him. Oh, that'd be weird take any other position at this point i mean i mean it might be one of the, you know, the same age and everybody was yeah. like oh Les miles is gonna He'd be one of those coaches coach that would go to like the mac or something like that if he was from this region but they really don't have that in the pacific northwest which is where i'm sure he'd rather be by the end of all this and it looks like eastern washington or something has an opening but i can't imagine they do so i don't really think there's much remaining he might make a good athletic director for some school though he certainly does the publicity thing well and handles the press pretty well yeah, maybe that's, that's his calling. Yeah, he can he can tap into our network of ex head coaches and their sweet sweet jobs they've all had since leaving. <laughs> you know, you know, it's it's not it's... looking great. Let's just say that for Mike Riley. <laughs> if, 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 if history's any indication of how he could be are an offensive line him. coach in the NFL, he could go coach in the MAC. I'd say he just could you know, go, go to down and... down a level. Move back to Oregon where they've got that house and his family and stuff. He's got he's got he's quite a bit the... of money coming to him for a few years now without having to do much. Yeah, Texas Hill Country, man. He's going down to San Antonio and mm-hmm. hanging out with Willie and the boys, probably. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Well, let's let's flip that then a little bit. Okay, Riley's off to the side. So if we are sticking with our our belief that Scott Frost would be the next coach of the Nebraska Cornhuskers. 
uh, and that happens in early December. Uh, does he focus on kind of recruiting his, his new existing players to stay here, or he's got about 16 days to focus uh, before that early signing period, right? So mm-hmm. that's a big deal. I think you hit the recruiting trail pretty hard, but that first night you meet with your players. But, you know, it just kind of depends when you get in there if there's a dead period coming up or not. So some of it's a little dependent on the calendar. And I think the other thing that throws a wrench into this is the earlier signing period this year. So there's there's kind of some, you know, unmapped waters as far as this goes, especially with the coaching hire. You know, this is kind of that first time of a transition like that. So um, I don't... I don't see a huge need. This isn't going to be like the Pelini transition where there's going to be all this volatile kind of kids not understanding what's going on. These kids, yeah. these kids are got to be sick of losing. I mean, they have to understand why their coach sure. is going away. This isn't Bo Pelini. This isn't nine yep, wins every true, year. Yeah. This isn't us against them mentality. These kids have to want to win, you know. And they're looking at this yeah. guy. If it's Scott Frost. They look, they're not stupid. I mean, every kid's got Twitter. They knew who Nebraska is interested in. They've looked at this guy and said. Okay, I mean, certainly all the guys in the offense have to look at this and go, I could, I could play with that guy, I could play for that guy. So, I don't think he'll have to hard sell the guys here right away. I think that, that I think they will give him right. the benefit of the doubt just based on his situation. Again, Scott Frost, master of the timing, you know, like he, it's, it's sure. amazing. He's going to come in here and people are going to be hungry to win, hungry to try something different. So, yeah, I think he hits recruiting trail first. My guess. I hear you. Well, let's uh, go ahead and uh, segue that over into a coaching carousel conversation in general to see what type of impacts uh, across the college football landscape could impact Nebraska's hire. Sweep left. Let's shuffle left, guys. Uh, We got UCLA firing Jim Mora over the weekend. Florida apparently flying everybody up to New Hampshire to to court uh, Chip Kelly. Who's going to hire Chip first, UCLA or Florida? Boomer? Florida. Honky's definitive. He jumps in. Like He's it. very very definitive on Florida. Ugh. I don't know. That UCLA gig might be prime for, for Chip Kelly if they can get to him. That might be kind of the job he wants. I'm, it's. I'm curious because UCLA is dropping, what, what was it, $12, 12 million, million to buy out Jim Moore? Yeah, so they're throwing some money down and... You know, we've always said Chip Kelly doesn't really like to be in that fishbowl kind of limelights, and you're going to be in that in Florida. But if you're at UCLA, you're you know second fiddle in your own town. You can kind of just do what you want to do. Second fiddle, like well, okay, fiddle. that's I even mean, in college. I mean, yeah, you're you're behind yeah. a lot of things in LA, so you might be able to kind of quietly sneak through there and do some things. But yeah, that's that guy. That, Throw a wrench in the whole that's, Chip Kelly to Florida thing. I'm not sure yet. That that's a, let, let's run with that for a little bit because I think it's interesting. Let's say somehow UCLA swoops in, takes Chip Kelly. Florida suddenly doesn't have uh, Chip. Does Florida go full court press there on Scott Frost and and the money's going up, or do you think they look at Dan Mullen or somebody else? I think Dan Mullen is is their next guy up after that. Even Charlie Strong potentially. I honestly everything I've I've read and it's completely biased towards Nebraska, but. Um, and, and plus, I'm completely toward. At least you're I'm honest about that, this, But from what I you've think, read, I think that they recognize that that Frost isn't going to Florida. I I, I think they do. I think they realize. I, I think you might be right. Yeah. And 
it, one of the odd things, and, and Dave, I guess since you were kind of talking about UCLA, I'll bring this up, is that one of the things that I was talking today with a, a, a guy about this was that he had, he had read Jeff Fisher's name coming up. I'm like, you are kidding me. They're not going to fire Jim Mora to hire Jeff Fisher, are they? Are you kidding me? Jeff Would they Fisher. honestly do that? Yeah. Like, on, well, there might be a UCLA kind of move. It, that yeah. is so, that's so UCLA <laughs> that's that only UCLA could do that. I mean, maybe they'd bring Bob Toledo mm. back. I don't know, but I do think... Um, but 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 Chip Kelly to UCLA. Hey, that UCLA team was close to winning a national that's, championship. That is true. Long, so, but but Chip Kelly to UCLA can make some sense there. Um, if there's any team that I think could pull Chip Kelly away from Florida, where I think he's going to go, I do think Chip Kelly's going to Florida. If there is one that could pull him away, I think it would be UCLA for all the reasons you guys mentioned. It's the Pac-10 he, or Pac-12. He knows that area well. It's not the fishbowl. Yeah, like, I don't see him going to A&M or, you know, one of those other schools no. either. But I could see UCLA pull him away from Florida if someone was going to. And then if, if Florida had to go to, t- you know, uh, coach two or three for options, that's where you start getting into the Dan Mullins. That's when you get into the Charlie Strongs. Yep. Let's throw out some other random uh recruiting talk here or uh, uh coaching careful talk excuse me uh so we have uh Belima but likely getting fired at arkansas uh ridiculous stories is that gus malzahn would leave auburn for arkansas he's an arkansas guy but maybe that's not so ridiculous especially if he loses the iron bowl again mm-hmm. uh then suddenly you have an auburn opening you ha- and you're talking about uh kevin sumlin getting fired at texas a&m Talk of Jimbo Fisher going to A&M. That would open up Florida State. Uh, half the SEC might actually have uh, openings at this point. You still have Pac-12 or Pac, uh, Pac, yeah, Pac-12 uh, teams like Arizona State uh, could potentially uh, go open. It could be attractive to certain coaches. This might be one of the craziest uh, off seasons for for coaching changes in a long, long time, maybe forever, really. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you'd even mentioned you know the SEC. Uh, you know, Ole Miss is still looking for a coach, and Absolutely. and if Dan Mullen's going to go somewhere, you got Mississippi State looking for a coach too. And uh, yeah, yeah, I've been reading this last week that there's the rumors is you know Ole Miss is making plays for like Oregon's Willie Taggart. He's a Western really? Kentucky guy, and. You know, from yeah. Florida, I think, so he knows, you know, the South. So Oregon and, could reopen up again. Yeah, and if Oregon was open again, that would be another potential for, you know, a player like – or a coach like Frost. You know, McGuire said it best. He's Kelly. Got, <laughs> he's got the best timing in ever, so I mean, he's going to have so many potential yes. suitors. There's going to be so many big Power 5, you know, name jobs that are going to throw a lot of money at a coach, so he's going to be able to dictate quite a bit. His agent's probably the happiest guy in the face of the planet this, this month, so – <laughs> it's gonna be a Let's, great Christmas Mac, in your household. You, oh, sorry. Oh, go yeah, ahead, Hunk. Yeah, Mac, you, you go. Um, I don't know. I think Chip Kelly, like we talked about there, like Honky, everything you, you were saying, he knows that area. He's infused in there. He knows his offense works in the Pac-12. I don't know that he knows his offense is going to work in the SEC. Um, and That's a good point. You know, it's. He's got like, like that he, speed down Florida though. I mean, for sure, be, you know the recruiting the recruiting talent would certainly be there. But uh, and at uh, this know, point, the expectations for a Florida offense have to be relatively uh, realistic. I mean, right? If he was following Spurrier or, or Urban Meyer, it'd be like, wow. But right now, the last decade has been horrible. So anything would be better than what. These but but sure. LA speed's be. not bad. <laughs> yeah. No, good point. Yeah, he, he'd have fun recruiting in Los Angeles too. 
I mean, and it'd be way easier for Chip. He does, he's not either one of those situations. He doesn't have to spend a lot of time recruiting. He spends most of the time on the chalkboard doing X's yep. and O's. It's UCLA. He has even less responsibilities towards the media or the boosters, probably. Whereas in Florida, that's a little bit more. So that'll be interesting. Let's uh, turn it a little bit more local here. Coaching changes at the Big Ten. Actually, a little bit quieter on that front, right? Unless someone gets poached. I've heard of uh, Purdue's coach Jeff Brome could could go to one of these schools, stuff like that. I but. was gonna bring this up, Dave. Like you know, throw out like some names of some coaches that maybe like would be shocking ones. And an example would be like Riley three years ago. No one thought he was gonna leave Oregon State. Now, 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 right. take that times ten. What would be a coach that people are actively would would want, and and you would not expect to leave? I would think of from the Big Ten. What do you think about a guy like D'Antonio? Who a year ago was kind of thrown yep, aside. I was just thinking that. And now they've come back and they're Someone back could go in after the him. top twenty five and all that stuff. Yep. That's a good coach and like you know, geez, if he ever kind of felt like I'm just not getting the, the respect or just the typical Michigan State attitude of let me get out of here, Saban did that. You know, I've done everything I can do here. Yeah. Boy, he could be a guy that I think could potentially be taken by somebody, a big player. Yeah. I mean even even PJ Fleck. Uh, could get poached from Minnesota, right? He's getting three and a half million from the Gophers, but I mean, what, what's keeping an SEC school who loves his enthusiasm, et cetera, et cetera, to give him five million, right? You know, sure. that's interesting. Well, you got D'Antonio. What is he? Sixty, sixty-one, something like that. He's got to be in his sixties now, doesn't he? Is that somebody? I think so. Yeah, I I think so. Is that somebody a lot of schools are going to jump 50s, on? Late fifties, I would, I would guess, but yeah. if he's in his, yeah. Well, we'll find out. If he's going to go, he's going to go now, right? Yeah, he's yeah. The window would be closing. We don't longer. we don't want to be ageists here, but the reality is you're not going to move too many coaches in there. You know, late or early well, 60s. Unless some AD randomly you know, remembers him from a coaching search from a decade before, yeah. and you know, hires him without any other. Yeah, movies, I mean, if he wants, you know, he has yeah. 61. Dave. He'll do that. Well, he's 61, so if he wants, he's 61. If he wants to have yep. one more adventure somewhere, you know, he could still. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. Somewhere. We know how well that it's works true. out. If he so. wants another adventure somewhere. I would take Dan Tony. I would, I would absolutely. <laughs> I, would I mean, seriously, if, if I would oh, entertain defense that, whole, is great, that whole idea. Yep. Yeah, I hear you. Why All can't right, we cause... be the school that poaches him? I mean, we were just talking about it. Let's let's just let's just give him a call <laughs> see what's up. Uh all right, guys, uh, let's uh, wrap this up. Uh, maybe I'll just end with a, just a simple simple question. Uh, Honky, well, what's, your, what's your odds uh, with Scott Frost becoming the Nebraska coach, percentage-wise? Is it 100%? Is there a sliver that says it doesn't happen? I mean, how, how, I, how I'm, I'm the bullish guy on this. I, I, I mean, I guess because you have to give a sliver, I'll just say it's, it's, it's 100%. All right, Boomer? I'd probably say 75, just in case. There's a lot of money, a lot of big names out there. He's going to have choices. 95, you said? 75. 75, okay. That's, that's, all right, Mac? Yeah, I think I'm probably right there with, with Boomer. It it all sounds really good, but it's almost... It's just so... Nobody else is really getting talked about. It makes it makes me nervous. I hear you. I hear everything's you. really quiet and just really one name. Yeah. Plus, right, I I'll, really, I'll, really, really want it to be. So, then, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll go somewhere in the middle there. I think it's probably closer to 90%. I mean, I, I, I think that 
I think hockey's onto something there a little bit with some of the the talk quieting at some of the other schools. So there's a lot of stuff happening behind the scenes, regardless of all these ridiculous Twitter rumors and all those type of things. Uh, and the fact that he isn't quite as talked about for Florida or Tennessee or et cetera, uh, to me is a good sign. So we'll see where it goes. All right, guys, good work. Uh, let's uh, be right back with some predictions. The Pod Predictions. All right, guys, next on the Redcast, we are doing the games of the week. Uh, but, of course, at this time of the season, we got to be doing our playoff predictions as well. So let's start with that. Uh, I think last week we were uniform across the board on our, our Final Four. So this week we will do our Final Four. You have to add your fifth team, and you cannot repeat the person in front of you. Honky, you got to go first. Okay, though. well, I appreciate getting you to go first. Um, I'm going to go Alabama. I'm going to go Wisconsin. Oklahoma, Miami, and Auburn. All right, so that was the same four as last week. Auburn is your fifth team, right? That is correct. All right, Mac? I'm going to go Alabama, Miami, Wisconsin, Clemson. Going Clemson in there. Okay. And then Oklahoma. All right. So he switches it up to Oklahoma as his fifth team. Boomer? All right. I'm taking the uh, world is so dark, maximizing postseason pain <laughs> approach. So my final four are uh, Alabama, Georgia, Miami, and Clemson with Ohio State, the fifth team out. <laughs> what? <laughs> All right, that's 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 pretty dark. I like I like oh, it, Boomer. Hey, the scenario makes sense. I've got it all planned uh, out. Yeah. You're right. Ohio State would win the Big Ten with a two loss record and finish fifth. Uh, yep. I, yeah. I could buy that. I could buy that. That's interesting. That's a good way to think about it. Because all right, so if I go that Alabama wins the SEC and you have Wisconsin winning the Big Ten, Oklahoma winning the Big 12, Miami winning the ACC. I'll go a two-loss Pac-12 champion USC finishing fifth. There you go. That's safe. Nice work. Yeah, see? It wasn't quite so boring this week. All right, let's uh, dive into the games of the week. Let's see what we got here, guys. Um, let's start with a Thanksgiving feast known as the Egg Bowl uh, down in Starkville, Ole Miss, heading down to Mississippi State. But first, actually, I should ask, uh, Boomer, what were our records last week? Do you have that handy by chance? Um, I do not. I can find it here. Look that up. I, I'll we let all, honk. I think we all missed about three games. Uh, correct. We all whiffed on uh, Nebraska surprisingly covering the spread since mm-hmm. Penn State laid off, and then we all missed Iowa, Purdue. We all missed Wyoming. We all missed Iowa, and Purdue. Then, yeah, I didn't actually realize that was going to count as a loss. I thought we were just saying it was going to be a high <laughs> score. And then, <laughs> and then every well, it was across the board, so it didn't you do guys, any harm. You guys, to you, had, Mac. you guys it's picked. Okay. Yeah, I know, you guys but, picked uh, the same games all across the board, and I was different from you on 
the K-State-Oklahoma State game, which Dave said was a stupid pick on my part. I got it, K-State won, but then I also picked UAB to beat Florida, which was a stupid pick, and and UAB did not beat them. So we ended up all with the same scores at the end of the day. Right. So nothing really changed as far as our standings went. Nothing changed at all. Perfect. All right, so let's – I'm still comfortably in last. All right, so Egg Bowl. Yeah, and that's not going to change. Uh, Ole Miss at Mississippi State. Uh, Let's go with Mac first. I'll take Mississippi State. All right, Boomer. Mississippi State. Mississippi State. Gotta love uh, the Rebs. I'll take Ole Miss's. Ooh, no, no. Mm. Mississippi State. I was thinking about taking the Rebs, actually. But I'll, I'll go Mississippi State. Good thinking, guys. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. Um, the Warren I-4. USF heading to Orlando to take on the Knights of Central Florida. Honky. Let's uh, go with Boomer. Ooh, it's a tough one. Uh, going purely off stats on this one. Rankings favor UCF. Mac. I'm taking UCF as my lock of the week. Ooh, yeah. Nice. Bold. I like it. I like it. It's nice. Has everyone taken UCF as a lock yet? No? I think so. I have at I least once. I have twice. Boomer, I know you Paid have. off both times. And Honk, Sweet. what was your pick? Oh, uh... I think 12,000 people will show up and cheer UCF to a victory. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. UCF favored by 10. You know, that game is on ABC. We're on Fox Sports 1. That is game is on right? ABC. That's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> um, all right. So we've got uh, Ohio State heading to the big house to take on Michigan. Boomer? All right, I got to start again. Let's see. Uh, Ohio State, I think. Buckeyes are favored by 12. What about a honky? I'm going to institute the once a year rivalry lock of the week. And for this, I get Ooh. nine <laughs> points. And I have to pick the underdog, which is Michigan. So I'm going with Michigan for nine points. Dan, our graphic designer, this is for nine points. This is the once-a-year rivalry lock of the week. <coughs> Michigan. Wow, that's that's exciting. All right, Mac. Interestingly enough, I'm going for the double-down <laughs> octotesimal pick <laughs> since I'm following Honky's suit. The person before you has to lay down the octo card, and then you can play yours. So, good news, I'm also going... Uh, I'm going to take Michigan. All I think right. Harbaugh wow. needs it. I think, what the heck, man? Iowa did it. Yeah, Are you kidding me? I hear you. Michigan's offense just kind of stinks, though. I just, ugh. Um, I think Ohio State will win that one. I'll take the Buckeyes. Um, let's stay in the Big Ten and also go with another big rivalry game. This is, I believe, for the uh, old Oaken Bucket. Indiana heading to West Lafayette to take on the Boilermakers. Let's go with uh, with Honky here. I'm going Purdue, and I'm 
talking like three or four touchdowns. They're going to destroy the Hoosiers. This is really all right. Bold they, they are, this is for bowl eligibility. They are pumped. After, Whoever wins gets to go to a oh, bowl, yeah. which they, is a big deal. They're pumped after beating Iowa. They're, they're ready to go. This is Boilermakers bowl game. All right. Uh, Mac? I'm taking Purdue as well. Boomer? Tough. Indiana's coming off two wins, uh, but I've watched Purdue more, so let's go with the Boilermakers. That's that's logic for you. Yeah, to me, this is a pick 'em game. Purdue's at home. It's the only reason I'm taking them. Boilermakers should be a good game, actually. Uh, I don't know if anybody's gonna be watching or care that much, but it's uh, two evenly matched teams. Um, all right, let's. Uh, we got another Big Ten game, another big rivalry game. We've got Wisconsin. Going to Minnesota. This is for Paul Bunyan's axe, I believe. Is that right, Boomer? Correct, and it's uh, our the Redcast fandom's uh, second favorite Big Ten trophies. Yeah. yeah. Oh, really? That's yeah. a good point. Yeah, they good won point. The, yeah that was won the Twitter well, Boomer, poll. you want to leave this one off? What do you got? Yeah, we'll take Wisconsin on this. This will actually put them in the lead for the very first time in this series, and I'll make them a lock of the week. They're pretty confident on this. I was going to do that myself, so yeah, I, I'm gracious lead, that Dave. I gave you that's that game. I was going to take time. it. Yeah. You always right, go last, Dave, right. so you get those advantages, but you pay for it in the locks of the week. I, can I remember I went first a couple weeks ago? How will I do that week? A couple like, weeks ago. You guys. Let's see you do it for about three or four weeks in a row. Then, then we can Yeah, talk. yeah, I've done it for like eight years in a row, buddy. I'm taking Wisconsin there as well. Mac? Wisconsin. Honky. Honky is probably. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't. Minnesota. I didn't hear you there. Let's let's say that uh, <laughs> Minnesota. I here's the thing with them. I I'm not confident on their offense. They only have averaged 27 points a game the last two weeks against Nebraska and Northwestern, and and so oh, good point. I, I just I feel like Wisconsin <laughs> could probably score 28. So I'm going to give Wisconsin the the, the win over them, and uh, they'll get the axe. It's amazing how the law of averages works out sometimes. It's amazing. Right? You know? It's amazing it really does. how that works out. All right. So we have, uh, let, let's go down to, I believe it's called the Florida Cup. Is that correct? Florida State going to Gainesville to play Florida? Correct. These teams yes. uh, have, I think, seven wins combined or something like that. Eight, Maybe eight. Yeah, eight wins eight. now. Yep. Um, okay. okay, I'll... I am... Gosh, I'm begging for Florida. Please pull this one off. We want to get Florida State out of a bowl game. Uh, if they don't go to a bowl game this year, then their streak ends at the same number of years as Nebraska's like 35-year bowl streak or whatever ours was. So we'd be tied with them. Oh, so yeah. we need Florida. Just come, you know, Florida beat, uh, who did they play last week? I don't know, but Florida State beat Delaware State and Florida beat some. They both blew out whoever their horrible opponents were last weekend alabama and birmingham oh that's right yeah the team i picked i yeah Yeah, i picked to beat them doesn't matter point is the gators i feel really good about them they're going to beat florida state here this week all right mac florida state boomer ah world is so dark approach florida state will win this i also take florida state and then they uh Beat whoever that is. They make up a game with to get six games, Louis- six That's wins in there. One they, of the Louisiana, bowl, bowl Louisiana Monroe, or yes, Samford, yeah. or something. Or All right, Monroe let's uh, yeah. let's yeah. stay down south. 
with uh, plain old-fashioned hate. One of the greatest names of any rivalry game out there. Georgia going to Georgia Tech. I, I'm going to take uh, this as my lock of the week. Bulldogs beat the Rambling Wreck. Mac? Georgia. Honk. Georgia. Uh, this is going to be my <laughs> negative five for Dave um, game of the week. I'm taking Georgia Tech, and if I win, not only do I win, but Dave loses five points in the process. So, Dan, our graphics guy again, uh, this is a negative five <laughs> Dave pick. I'm taking Georgia Tech. We play like a head-to-head matchup right here. Scoring. I like it. Really, our picks of the week are really just Calvin Ball, so for, for hockey anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Boomer, who do you got in this one? Ah, uh, Georgia Tech's just so unlucky this year, so Georgia's going to pull this off somehow. Perfect. All right, let's go. Let's go West Coast. Going out to Seattle, the Pirate and his crew. Wazoo heading to uh, Seattle to take on Washington. Boomer, who do you got? Mm. This one's tougher than I thought one. it was going to be. Yeah, yeah. yeah? Well, let's go. Gosh, every time I pick the pirate, he fails, but he's due. Let's go Washington State. Why not? All right. Both 9-2. and two. Mac? Huskies. Uh, before Honk. I make my, my pick, I do want to clarify on the last one, on the Georgia Tech one. Stop adding points. <laughs> on the last one, if I'm wrong, if Georgia wins, then part of the negative five Dave pick is that then Dave uh, gets five picks and Boomer loses five picks since those two are actually in competition. So... Oh, that so would, like, Dave, end the, Dave wait, really end wants the Georgia to win this. Anyways, Washington State at Washington. Um, clearly going with Washington here. More balanced offense, and balance is always very important, as we know. Yes, absolutely. I'm also taking the Huskies. Um, oh, I think um, that should be a really good game uh, on Saturday there. That game on Fox. Uh, all right, let's stay out West Coast. This is for the milk can. Boise State, Fresno State. Fresno State, quite a story there with uh, Ted for turning that program around in one year. Uh, apparently it doesn't impossible. take that long to, to make a difference. It's impossible, right? And uh, I, I could be wrong, but this might actually be a preview of the MAC championship game because I think they're in opposing divisions. Boise State going to Fresno. Honky? Uh, I'm going to go with the home team. I'm going to go with Fresno. All right. Boomer? Oh, let's go Boise. And Mac. Boise. I'm also going with Boise. I, I think Fresno's got a good shot, but Boise actually, once again, cream of the crop there in the Mountain West, man. What can you say about that, that program? All right, uh, let's wrap this up with uh, two more. Uh, the Iron Bowl, Alabama, heading to Auburn. Honky? I so badly want to pick Auburn. I just ah, screw it, Auburn. They're gonna win it. All right, honky, uh, uh, boomer. Sorry, honky. This isn't for like some hexadecimal pick of the week where we go into like base six for how many points you get. No, this is just an eye straight up. Plus, it refills his health bar. Oh, anyway, I got I got to stick with my uh, darkness theme. So Alabama wins yeah. this by 
Double digits. Yeah. Mac? Um, Alabama. I'll also take the Crimson Tide. I just don't think Auburn's actually that good. Um, but, hey, they're home. And, man, if we saw another game like that a couple years ago with the, uh, the you know, field goal return and whatnot, that will be a special, special game to watch. We'll see. All right, guys. Uh, Iowa, Nebraska. I don't know if we'll disagree with this or not, but let's find out. Let's start with Mac for the heck of it. Um, I just don't see any reason to think we're going to tackle this week. We haven't done it at all this year, and I just don't see any reason why Iowa just won't pound the ball on us the entire game. So, And then also play action us. I just can't see us stopping them, so... Um, I'm going to say we score maybe in the 14s and they score in the, who knows, 35s to 40s. Wow. So Iowa covers easily. They're only favored by three and a half. All right. Boomer? Uh, uh, this is another one of those stats are just kind of all over the board. Uh, that rushing yardage is the one that just kind of kills me on it. So Iowa does rush well and we cannot stop it. So unless Ference is busy counting his latest, you know, extension money and doesn't pay any attention to the game, <laughs> uh, this is almost a toss-up for me. What the hell? Let's get go Nebraska. You're aren't you? Yeah, let's go He's Nebraska. Going to Nebraska. Why not? So that's all right. Take the pressure off a hockey. Now you yeah. can go I will say way. this: you know, Vegas having that spread that close is interesting yeah. because they sure. have had our number all year, and you know that it being that close does give me some hope. I just. I'm just going with what I've seen from the Huskers. But Vegas has been good this year. Oh, I'm going to regret sure. this pick. I, I have no question about it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, look at the Penn State game. What was it, 26-27? Up to a minute and a half left in that game. They were pretty much spot on on that one. So, I hear you. Yeah, this is hard Honk. overhead entirely. Yeah. I like it. I like it, Boomer. Honk? Well. You've never never shown a heart overhead before, no, have you? I I mean, I can, I can certainly picture uh, – Noah Fant catching, you know, TD after TD against us and me getting, you know, a little angrier with each one. But you know what? That's not going to happen here. Drew Brown's going to come through. It's going to be a big game, big day, and we're going to win 3-2. to two. Classic 3-2 <laughs> to two matchup. All right. That should um, be lovely. I'd love to, love to take uh, the Huskers, but, yeah, I don't know. I'll take Iowa. Unfortunately, I'll go. Do we? Uh, yeah, I'll go. It's gonna be ugly. I'm gonna say twenty to thirteen. Did everyone Something give like scores? I have no no reason why. Oh, I forgot to do that. Yeah, I uh, approximated mine. Uh, <laughs> let's go twenty-one to thirteen. All right, that's perfect for the Oscars. Oh wait a minute! Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Huh? You think they're just going to keep fumbling the ball and not score? Yeah, quite. (laughs) Because how is thirteen ever going to happen? Thirteen, Michael. It's Iowa. I don't know. Nobody cares at that point. I'm like, it's probably going to be more like thirty-five to. This is my last bit of hope for the season. It's the last glimmer. I'm going out with just for that. That makes my heart warm. I just that's great. <laughs> you did, did you not read or listen to your own stats? You yes, just had? yes, I did. Okay, this is the one time I'm throwing with the wind. 
Wow. I've done that, I've done that the whole you. season, Boomer. So I think it's yeah. that mustache. <gasps> it's your beard. That could be. Yeah. My strategy is to throw stats What's Boomer's wind? beard say this week? This is like evil Spock. It's I'm from a different dimension and I'm just totally throwing it to the chair wind. Yeah. As his beard grows. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right, guys. Let's uh, let's wrap this thing up uh, with some parting shots. Uh, Honky, you almost always have the best parting shot. So let's you let you uh, take oh, the lead no, here, man. No pressure there. I. Uh, before we started recording, I did watch. Well, he's the one that actually thinks about this far more. So, you <laughs> well, know. well, That's I, fair. I, Boomer, you just come up with yours on the fly. Usually, Honky yes. actually writes his out for God's sakes. <laughs> well, you know, uh, I, I've talked a little bit about Nebraska ball, and obviously, we had a pretty rough game since we recorded last uh, against uh, St. John's. And one of the things St. John's did is they would line up. Uh, they had uh, four guards and one big guy, and that that caused us some issues. So, I've been watching Creighton now this year, and they. Tonight just got done being UCLA, playing well with four guards and one big guy, and they also beat a ranked uh, Northwestern team, so that's the first time in Creighton's history they've beaten two straight ranked teams in a row. Uh, We better get our stuff together in a hurry because that early December stretch of games, and we've talked about this on a previous show, of Michigan State, Minnesota, and Kansas and Creighton in some, some order of that. I don't know who we play first, but... That four-game stretch, my goodness, that is looking brutal. So, uh, uh, Nebraska ball, it's <laughs> every practice means something. Your hot take is we're going to lose every a lot pra- of games in Every December. practice right. means something. Right. But right. they, 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 they came back the other day. They beat North uh, North Dakota pretty good. And uh, Copeland had, what, 30 points? I mean, so he, he, he showed a little bit of the five-star uh, ranking that came with him. So, hopefully we're getting better there. Go Big Red. That – all right, Boomer. That was like Honky's worst parting shot ever because it was all over the place. So just crush I've been worse. this. All you men. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I really don't have much to go with there. He actually stole mine. I was just saying, uh, Creighton better pay attention to that North Dakota game because, man, you saw the Huskers firing all cylinders against a small school from a vastly unpopulated state. So no worries there. And uh, my other last thing, I know we probably won't be recording next weekend. I just do want to give a you know more serious shout-out to Mike Riley. Whatever happens, you've been a classy guy. And hope whatever happens to you goes well in the future. Ditto yeah, there. I hear you. All right, Mac, what do you got? Um, I just want to reiterate something that Honky had brought up uh, earlier in the podcast. But I was super, super tickled when I was watching that Penn State game. And there wasn't much to be happy about. But every t- as the Huskers were scoring even late, there were just little pockets of Husker fans just sitting there, still cheering them on, you know, still just like, what the heck, man, we're here, we're having a good time. It was such a good representation of the Husker fans. And it's, it's like those people like there, that's why we're never going to be like Missouri or K-State. You know what I mean? We care too much to kind of we stink in those too depths. Much. But it was good yep. to see. So good for you guys. I don't know who you are, but kudos. I hear you. Well, let's see that on Friday, actually, in Memorial Stadium uh, with a good showing uh, for these seniors and uh, everyone, actually, uh, to, to Boomer's point with Mike Riley, et cetera. It's, uh, it's been a rough three years, but it wasn't a lack of effort. And so let's, let's go out with a, a good showing against Iowa. All right, guys, let's uh, call that a Go Big Redcast. Keep your tickets. Beat Iowa. GBR.